welcome. It is time once again for another episode of John Park's Workshop. It's me, John Park, and here we are in my workshop. It's hot in Southern California. I think it's 90 or, or hotter today. So I've got the AC cranked in here in the workshop. So you'll hear me uh, talking a little louder because I can hear it. I know you guys uh, say you can't hear it too badly, but it uh, messes with my brain. So we've got all kinds of fun and, and interesting things going on today. So I'm excited to get started. Uh, let's see, first of all, I'll mention that we have Adabox 18 coming soon. So if you're a subscriber, that should be uh, in the early stages of getting put together and shipped out. I don't think we have a, I haven't heard a definitive shipping date, but I think we're getting close. The, some of the parts have been held up here and there. Uh, in, in the sort of worldwide shipping crisis process that we have going on. But that one is coming up. We should be doing an unboxing somewhere in, uh, I believe, mid-May, so just a few weeks from now. And if you're not a subscriber, you should probably take a look at subscribing to Adabox 19. Is that the one that's after that? I think, yeah, I think this is 18 we've got coming up. So you should be able to subscribe for 19. So go and check that out. Go to uh, the Adabox website. You can go to adabox.com or adafruit.com slash adabox and find out more. Uh, and let's see, other, other news and things. Uh, if you weren't aware of it, we've got this jobs board. There's the Adabot help wanted sign. And uh, what I'd recommend is you head over to this site right here, jobs.adafruit.com, and take a look at some of the positions that are available if you are looking for work. There are always new positions being posted. Right now I saw this one, Experienced Design Specialist in uh, Westminster, Maryland, as well as this Content Intern in uh, Canada, our neighbors to the north. So just a few of the positions that are up and available over there on jobs.adafruit.com, so go check that out. Uh, let's see, in other news, you may know that I've got a show on Tuesdays called JP's Product Pick of the Week, and uh, it looks a lot like that. This week's Product Pick of the Week was this Neo Trinky, and I thought I'd give you a little one-minute recap of that right here, right now. Check it out. the Neo Trinky. It's a USB key, four NeoPixels. It runs CircuitPython. It runs Arduino. It is your best friend. It is a keychain, and it's a whole bunch more. This is an iPad, and then you'll see here I'm using a long uh, USB extension cable, and then I'm going into one of these little adapters that goes from Lightning to USB, and then I have my Neo Trinky plugged in there. This is currently set up to act as volume up. Really, one thing to do with the Apple system camera, and that's take a picture by, by holding down the volume up or volume down, they both work. You can see in here when I take that picture, takes that picture, very nice, wave everyone. It is the brand new Neo Trinky, your best friend and mine. Yeah, that's right, and uh, check it out because if you watch the show while it is happening live, there's a discount on the product pick of the week. This week it was 50% off, so you could get that Neo Trinky at half price. It was like $3 and something. 
at that point. I think it's normally around seven dollars, uh, six ninety-five, something like that. Um, so if you can tune in while it's live, good for you. It's the uh, the time on that is four o'clock Eastern time, one o'clock Pacific time in the U.S. on Tuesdays. Uh, so, all right, what have we got next? Um, as you know, I've been putting together this uh, sort of new segment, this new show within a show, and uh, it's called the Circuit Python Parsec. And look, I've got a logo, so I don't have any music yet. I'm working on it, but here it is. It's the Circuit Python Parsec. Sec, 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 sec. All right, let's get some let's get some setup going here. Uh, I'm gonna bring a session of Moo. I'm gonna bring in an overhead camera, and I'm gonna bring in a me. Uh, and so for the Circuit Python Parsec today, I wanna go back to the basics, and I wanna talk about some really fundamental things that you may wanna know if you are working with Circuit Python, just learning Circuit Python. If you're new to programming, maybe you're transitioning from a graphical-based programming into some code where you're typing. Uh, or maybe you're already very experienced, but you're just moving over from another language. So here's a fundamental thing. How do you read the input of a digital pin? So if you look here on, I've got a Metro Express right here, Metro Express M0. Uh, there's a bunch of pins here, general purpose input output pins, GPIO. And sometimes we want to use these as input pins. So we want to be able to read things like switches and buttons. In this case, I have a little button, a little uh, breakout board for a button plugged into ground on one side, and I have it plugged into a digital pin, pin D7 on the board. So in order to set this up, what we do is, if you look at my code here, I'm importing the board, which gives me the definitions of what pins are connected to this board and what they do. I'm importing this library called Digital I.O., and specifically I'm bringing in the sections of the library for digital inputs and outputs, for direction, which allows me to say whether I'm going in or out, and pull, which is using an internal pull-up resistor. Uh, then the uh, next part of the setup I have here is actually just so I can see an LED blink, so we'll ignore that part. But then we have this little bit of setup here where I'm, uh, let me click on my Moo session so I can highlight things as I talk. So you can see here in this section, I'm setting up uh, one of these pins as the button pin and I'm calling that a digital input output on D7. I'm setting the direction of that pin to be an input, so it's reading uh, from an in, from a external thing inward. And I'm setting that up to use the internal pull-up resistor on the chip. And then my code for doing something interesting with this pin is simply the main loop of the program where it says, while true, what happens? We change the value of that LED to be the opposite of the button value. So when I press that button, the button value is going essentially from high to low, and that's sending my LED from low to high. And this is because of the nature of the pull-up resistor. So there you can see LED value equals not button value, and that means we get to click on the button and light up the LED. Now, of course, you could do many, many more interesting things with it than that, but this is the very beginning sort of foundation of how do I do stuff on my microcontroller, and one of the key things you want to do is interface with an input device from the outside world. And for that, we use the digital in. And that is your circuit Python parsec. Sec, sec, sec. Got to work on that echo. Uh, all right. 
So, uh, by the way, let me know in the chat if there are specific things you'd like to see as I start going into CircuitPython, kind of from the ground up. Uh, and I might not necessarily go in order, so we may do more advanced stuff. You can see I started with some slightly more advanced things with my first couple uh, of these, and now I'm, I'm doing some, uh, some basics, so I'm okay jumping around. But let me know what you'd like to see. And uh, people may wonder when I say in the chat, what am I talking about? I'm talking about this right here, as well as the YouTube chat. I'm sort of keeping an eye on both. But if you're really wondering where the main chat is for a lot of the Adafruit Live shows, then you're going to want to head over to Discord. And it's the adafruit.it slash Discord will get you the, the instant uh, invite link to go into Discord. Uh, and you can see that uh, we've, we've got some good comments here. In fact, here Toddbot says, you're making the button physically lower when pressing, so it's going from high to low, true to false. Not really, but that could be a useful mnemonic. That's right. The, the physical button is moving. Uh, yeah, that's a confusing part with these things is a lot of times uh, you'd think it's kind of off until you press it and then it goes on. But depending on the type of uh, resistor we're using, are we, we grounding that pin normally? And then when we click it, we're sending it to a high value or is it the opposite, which is uh, the case here. So sometimes that that meaning of the button is kind of opposite of what you intend, which is why you can see I just, uh, in this case, said, okay, the LED value is not equal to the button value. It's actually the opposite of it. Um, so, Hissy yeah, Grover asks, the ParkSec? I think Phil thought that that's what it was last night, maybe. I'm, I'm, I'm open to that. Uh, I was actually joking earlier with someone about doing a show within a show within a show and having an actual one-second-long ParkSec inside the ParkSec. Uh, all right, enough of that. So, uh, yeah, but thank you everyone for stopping by, and also thanks everyone for stopping by over in the uh, over in the YouTube chat. Uh, Jose Corujo says, "How much for the Neo Trinky? Take my money now." Uh, let's let's check. Actually, I I got I mentioned uh, what I thought the price was, but if we go to just click on this shop link here and type in Neo Trinky, uh, it's six dollars ninety five cents. They are in stock. And uh, if you were lucky enough to get it during the live stream of Jip-pa-pa-pow, then it was half off. All right. Um, uh, next up, what have we got? Oh, you know, um, I have a, a, a cool new project of the week that I'm working on. Before I jump into that, though, I wanted to uh, take a look at the learn guide that I just finished for... Uh, the previous project from from just a couple weeks ago. So let me let me load up my browser. You can you can watch along as I do this. In fact, let's uh, bring this up over here. So I'll go to learn.adafruit.com and I'll head down to the new guides section and just click on view all. And there you can see actually this is the newest guide and this is my Funhouse motion detecting lights with Lifix, or Lifix, none of us know how to pronounce it, bulbs. If anyone has a definitive uh, answer to that, I'd love to know. I think they call it Lifix in one of their videos. That's probably correct. Um, but you can see here, I've got a, a web page here, this learn guide here that takes you all the way through it. So it starts off in the overview of telling you about the project. So uh, the key thing with this project is using the Funhouse and a little PIR sensor. In fact, I've got one right there. This is a little infrared sensor with a sort of Fresnel lens that gives it a 60-degree viewing angle, I think. Uh, am I right? I think so. Um, 
and this detects people from about uh, five meters away, uh, or anything that's sort of a large infrared heat source, that's what it's detecting. And this is plugged into the front of our, um, in fact, I'll show you right here, I've got a little, little bit I did about plugging that in, front of our Funhouse board. So with the Funhouse board here, you can see, let me go to the, the close-up of this very large scale version of it. You can see on that little PCB, there's a plus sign for the positive uh, voltage. There's the output, signal output, and there's the ground there on minus. And you wanna line those up with these three um, points on the board and plug it in from the top down. Uh, I don't think I have a spare one I can grab. Oh, here I do. Uh, let's, let's grab this one. So interesting thing with this is that we used a sort of uh, reverse mount header for that socket. And you can, you can mount this from, if I get that aligned properly, we can mount that from the front there, push that in like so. Uh, if you mind that polarity, and I think I have, yeah. Uh, I had that wrong. Okay, so if you mind that polarity, you know, in fact, I'm gonna go to the down shooter here so you can see this a little better. All right, so here you can see we've got our positive on the left there. So it'll go in like this. Uh, the first time you do this, it takes a little bit of force, but what you're pushing against on the back side is just this header here. So, so uh, you can push down pretty hard on it. What I recommend is grabbing the, the little PCB by the sides so that you don't um, bend the connection of the, the top there. So if we give that a little bit of a push and a wiggle, in it goes, and it's actually easier uh, subsequent times if you pull that out. Uh, if you maintain that orientation, cool thing here is that we can actually whoop, 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 flip this around and stick it into the back of the board. And I found this was actually an easier way to have it set up while I was working on code for it because I didn't have uh, it pointing at me while I was trying to set things on, on the screen here. Uh, had some little uh, user interface elements and buttons to use. So this way it's pointing away from me and then I can just wave my hand uh, in the back. That also means if you're setting this up as some kind of uh, alert system, let's say you want to trigger a camera to take a picture of a wild animal if it's big enough, I suppose, uh, this is probably the way you want to have it oriented, not back at yourself. So um, going back to the guide here. back a page or two. Uh, so that's a little bit about inserting that there. I wanted to show you that in a, in a live video. Uh, I've got a page on just the bulb setup. So when you get one of these bulbs, there's a nice little quick start guide uh, that takes you through getting it set up, screwing it in using, uh, I think there's a QR code that you can enter on the app if you're gonna use their, their app on your iOS or Android device. Um, but then you'll pretty quickly want to go to their cloud site. I think it's cloud.lifix.com. And there you can get, uh, using your login information, you can get an access token in their API, the developer's portal. And then you'll be able to use that in your secrets file in the um, uh, uh, CircuitPy 
uh, CircuitPython um, code. So you'll have a separate secrets.py file on your funhouse that the code.py will access. Uh, I also talk about uh, testing the connection here. I don't think I have one plugged in right now here. But I showed this uh, a couple weeks ago. You can do things like from Python or even just with uh, curl sending HTTP requests. You can um, talk to the bulb. And you can also get uh, information back from the bulb about its state, which is kind of cool. So heading to their portal, uh, they've got a lot of information there. So there's a link in there for that. And then I've got a whole page here on coding it, setting up your secrets.py file, uh, downloading the project bundle, um, and setting up that code on the, on the Funhouse. And then there's a little bit of a code walkthrough to tell you how it all works. You can check that out. And one of the things I didn't really explore in here, but I think is, is uh, a fun idea, is to do things beyond just changing the light's color when you trip it, but maybe uh, send an animation. Uh, you can do animations on it. You can uh, send to multiple bulbs. So if you have multiple bulbs, they don't have to do the same thing. They can, but you can also have them do different things. Um, in fact, this was kind of interesting. I had two bulbs. I set them up with the same name. I called it Lamp. And I had one here in my workshop. I had one inside my studio. And even though they were on different Wi-Fi networks, when I tripped the bulb using my Funhouse inside, it changed the one out here. So I actually could tell if someone was in my studio, my light in here would change, which is kind of cool. And this is because this is not an ad hoc uh, Wi-Fi network between the Funhouse and the bulb. It's actually the bulbs are, you're talking to them over uh, the internet. So you're, you're going through the, the LifeX cloud which means you don't have to be on the same network to, to trigger them, which is pretty cool. And uh, then this is a little bit of a demo of setting it up here. In this case, I just set it up with a, uh, mounted it on the wall, set the lamp near it just to take the photos of it. But now you essentially have a, uh, a room detector. So if someone goes in there, you're going to see some lighting changes, which is a lot of fun. Uh, so I'll be curious if anyone sets these up and does some interesting things with them. Uh, if any of you have picked up any of these bulbs, they are, I think they were, they were sold out for a little while. I think they're mostly sold out on the, the LifeX site, but you can find them at, um, I think, some of the big box hardware stores, some improvement stores, as well as on online on places like Amazon. That's where I got mine. Uh, yeah, Johnny Bergdahl in the comments says you might want to try uh, putting the sensor in that backside first, that might widen that socket a little bit before you try going in from the back end. That's a good point, because I think that's the tightest spot is, is there on this side. All right. So now that brings us to a uh, project for this week. I'm going to head over to my workbench. Let me get a uh, bench cam set up now. All right, so what I've got going on this week, uh, what I wanted to play around with, you can see it in my overhead here, and I'm going to detach this for a second so you can see up close. Uh, this is a type of um, water sensor that is really great for doing uh, a leak detection. So if you have something that should be dry and you want to know when it becomes wet, 
This is perfect. These are inexpensive. Uh, you can get them all over the place. Uh, just look for water sensor. Sometimes they call them water depth sensor. Um, and I think you may be able to use them for like a really uh, broad range. Is it empty? Is it halfway? Is it full? But I found the mineral content in the water I have is basically it's drier, it's wet is, is kind of the best way to use this. There are better sensors for doing things like depth. Uh, but with, what these do is I've, I'm using this as a digital input. So that's easier uh, uh, than doing it as an analog in this case. And it's just going to tell me I have a fun house set up here. In fact, let me uh, <laughs> plug in my camera switcher. Let me uh, view this in a full, uh, full scale view so you can see it. But what I'm, what I'm picturing this for is let's say you have a water heater and it has a little drip pan underneath it that should be dry and you definitely want to know if something bursts and it starts leaking. So this is a really great sensor for that because you can, um, let me reset this. You can set this so that it is just a millimeter above the, the bottom or even touching so long as it's not a conductive surface. If you have a plastic pan, that would, that would work fine. And uh, the moment some water gets in here, it is going to trigger this sensor the sensor is going to detect that there is, uh, there is water in there. And then what I've got it connected to in this case is the fun house. So you could use this with nearly any microcontroller. But the cool thing about the fun house is that it is internet connected. So you could have a email go out. You could have a text message. You can have an integration using if this then that to something like Discord or Slack. Um, as well as sounding alarms. So what I've built here today is a, uh, let me see if I can switch cameras here. Is it gonna let me? I think I need to go activate my app there. I forgot to add a button for that. Let's highlight this here. I'll just switch it manually first, just in case. There we go. Um, so just for, testing purposes to get going with this, all I'm, all I'm doing on the, uh, the fun house is I've got some of these uh, lights up at the top. These are five little dot stars, and I have them set at this kind of amber color, which means dry. We're, we're not lit up right now. Uh, it just says water sensor here on the text, and um, for now, I just have this kind of grayed out. So when this gets wet, I'm going to beep my little alarm. I'm going to change my uh, neo, or my dot stars rather, RGB LED dot stars to blue, and I'm gonna highlight the text in blue. So what I'll do, the little setup I have for this is I put a little um, measuring cup here, a little kind of beaker, and I'm gonna pour some water. This is, I think, filtered water. Um, distilled water may have uh, low enough conductivity that it won't trip it, so this this will work best for tap water, that type of thing. Okay, so you can see as as the water goes in there, it's just barely in. Um, and what I'll do is I'll take this out and dry it off. You can probably just dry it off with your finger, um, but any pretty much any water on there is enough for it to trigger as okay, this thing is wet. Um, and so, in fact, I'm just going to put some of this water on my finger. And this, is, this might be a, a demo. You can see a little better in that overhead. As soon as I touch that with some water, you can see I've got a little drop of water on there. 
uh, it is going to get a little handkerchief. It is going to trigger that. Uh, so the way these work, if we zoom in a little bit, is uh, there are a series of copper strips here. And they are uh, essentially every other one is a uh, sensor pin or a, uh, I think, voltage. I don't think it's ground. I think it's voltage. And so when those get... Um, uh, bridged with something conductive like water. This should work with, you know, anything conductive, presumably, uh, if that is. Let's see. Is this a screwdriver? Yeah. Um, but the water is, is what it's designed for. Then that uh, sends the digital uh, signal that it's been switched, just like that button I showed during the CircuitPython Parsec. And then that sends the alert to the, to the funhouse. Um, so what I thought would be fun to do now is just take a look at the code that I'm using for this. It's actually pretty similar to the button code, just a, a little bit more setup to make it do a, a few more things. So let's grab this and I'll pull that off of, I love these little magnet feet. I'm just using a piece of steel there to stick it to. Unfortunately, my workbench over here, uh, I, I should bring that along with me actually so that things will stay put. So they're going to flop around. Uh, let's go to a down shooter here. And how about put me up there? Hey, there's so many of me. Hold on a second. What's that one doing there? can see how that's plugged in there. I'm just using a, uh, this is one of our JST3 pin, uh, I think it's JST-SH, is that right? PH, I can't remember which one's the bigger one, maybe it's PH. Um, and then we're going to uh, signal power and ground, and I'm using a little uh, jumper connector there. Get that into view. And let's give this some power, so let me plug in a USB-C cable. Uh, in the chat, someone says, when I had swamp coolers, this water sensor would have been useful to let me know the water pump stopped working. Because water, no water means no cooling. Okay, so you'll see this will boot up. Mess with that focus just a little touch. There we go. Uh, and let's actually bring up the code. Here in Adam. And so in Adam, I'm actually just going to open up the code.py that's on that board. That's what's running on there. Uh, and pull this over here. Okay, so you can see what's going on here. I've uh, got the board definition for pins with import board. Digital I.O., same thing as, as before. Uh, I'm using the debouncer. I love this debouncer because it allows you to really easily uh, do things with switches that are both 
only on the change of an event, like a rise or a fall, uh, as well as checking the value of it, which can be kind of a constant thing. And I'll show you how I'm using that in a moment. And then I'm importing Funhouse, and that gives me access to a bunch of the nice convenience, convenience features, like using the screen, setting the dot stars with just a simple line like this, uh, and so on. Later, what I'll be doing is the uh, necessary network stuff to send things up to Adafruit I.O. as well when it gets triggered so that you can uh, find out. Let's say you have a remote location. You have a second home or a cabin or something like that, and you want to get an alert when uh, one of these trips. This would be a, a pretty good setup for that type of thing as well. Um, and I presume you could do a few different sensors as long as they weren't too far away on one, uh, one of these boards. You probably have three uh, of these sensors plugged in with longer wires if you have multiple things that you're checking the, the water level on, um, or for the presence of a leak, rather. Then I'm setting up this sensor pin. So this is using the A1 pin. You can see it written right there. That's uh, the A1 pin that I'm using. Could use A0 and A2 as well. Setting that up as an input and uh, using a pull-down resistor internal. And then I'm setting up the debouncer. So this, this variable named sensor is actually the debouncer checking that input pin. Setting up some labels uh, on here, or, or rather a, a way to turn the label color on and off. Um, let me grab some of this uh, water here. I could use my iced tea, but I'm just going to drink that. Mm. Let's see an action there again. Uh, so you'll see the pins, uh, the, uh, the text is going blue and the dot stars are going blue there as well. And they go back. Uh, then I'm setting up this one label, and that's how uh, using the, the Funhouse add text function, we get this water sensor text position, XY coordinates, and the color. It's gray to start with. Uh, and then show the display. So this is what shows uh, any lines of text we've put. It uh, shows them up on the screen. And then this is the, uh, the main loop of the program. So while true, we do sensor.update. That's the debouncer. So the debouncer, every cycle of the program running, checks the state of any buttons that are, uh, that are connected to, to, uh, to the debouncer. Then on these three events, there's three things that happens. If that rises, that means we've gone from low to high. And in this case, that's, that's what happens when uh, water goes on the sensor. Then we are going to fill the uh, dot stars up at the top blue. And that's it. They just get set once. So I'm not constantly sending dot star requests. It's just this one time. Even if it holds there high, the water is staying. It's just going to only send that command once, which is nice and efficient. When it falls, so when I dry it off, uh, then we're just sending this if sensor fell with the debouncer. We'll set the dot stars to this amber color that I defined earlier. And then this one is more like that demo before of holding the button down. So if the sensor value is high, which is what's happening when this is wet, then we play that tone, which is, I'm just playing it for like a quarter second, which is why you hear going B, 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 really uh, annoyingly. Um, and uh, that goes on continuously until, until we uh, dry off that sensor. And then lastly, the label color, this is this function that I set up here. This set label color is based on a conditional value. And the, uh, 
sensor label is the, the one that we're changing. So whatever the value is, uh, true or false, the label name of that text label, and the color. So this is uh, going to send that to, to that bright blue when we, um, when we have tripped it. Uh, and that is it. It's very simple. So, of course, I'll, I'll add in uh, my Adafruit I.O. credentials into the secrets file, as well as um, probably a, maybe just a REST, that'll, that'll be faster, a REST um, message will get sent, and then from there, things will happen. So the Adafruit I.O. feed will gain a, a, a data point saying uh, that it's been changed, as well as the time. And then from there, we can do things like watch it with If This Then That or Zapier, uh, send an email out, and do other things. So uh, that is my plan with it. If you have other thoughts about that, let me know in the comments. Um, let's see. The, um... <laughs> yeah, someone said that the leak test could be nice for something like people who build liquid cooling PCs, for example. Yeah, if you're putting liquid inside of your computer, I imagine uh, having a leak detector would be great. I, uh, I have a fairly um, involved espresso machine. It's kind of a, a, an industrial grade cafe machine. It's big, it's old, it's Italian, it's a boiler room basically in a box this big. And uh, I might stick the, I've had leaks, even little ones uh, that, that are going over time as steam is escaping from, from one tube. It might be a good idea to stick the sensor under there. We'll see. A lot of my projects end up uh, being, being helpful for espresso machine stuff. All right. Um, let's see, what else? Kevin Walters asks, does the Neo Trinky have capacitive touch on the end? Yeah, actually, let me bring up, uh, I'll bring up the Discord chat here. One second, my uh, camera switching is, is slow today. There we go. Um, that was actually a question in the YouTube chat, but yes, so the, I, I've shown this a couple times, but I love it, so I'll show it again. I've got an iPad uh, up here. I can show you that. You, you probably saw this if you saw that uh, Make Code Minute thing a minute ago. Oh, you, you can't see that right now because it's hidden. Let me move the, uh, the Discord chat. So this is the Neo Trinky. It's plugged in over USB to the iPad. So it's um, got these two capacitive pads. And you can see when I touch them, they're sending a HID keyboard command volume up that, that tells it to do the trigger release. And then I'm also changing the colors of those, uh, those Neo Pixels. So yeah, it's two separate capacitive touch pads. In fact, I'll show those under the the down shooter, so you can see them a little better. This is kind of upside down. There we go. Uh, yes, yeah, so you can see pad one and pad two there. You can touch them from the bottom as well. Actually, I'm, I'm kind of curious. I know that um, if you look at, where's my other one? Here's one. If you look at this guy, this is a uh, at Sam D21, same one we use in our trinkets, and this thing is an awful lot like a trinket. Uh, but you know, clearly we've only got like four pins broken out. We have two capacitive touch, we have a reset button, uh, and we have a NeoPixel line. 
So I'm curious, could you use some of those other pins if you wanted to get, get uh, creative with a soldering iron and some bodge wire? Could you, could you access some more of the GPIO? That's a question for, uh, for the chat there. What do you think? Is that possible? Uh, it might not be practical, but the practical thing would be get yourself a cutie pie or a, or a trinket. Um, Oh, and uh, Janisku7 says, Noah and Pedro made 3D, 3D printable cases for the Trinky. That's right. Um, I actually put one on a keychain here, uh, and I covered the NeoPixels with a little bit of diffusing plastic, which might also give them some protection. But yeah, I think a uh, Toddbot mentioned if you have that in your, on your keychain, you probably whack some diodes off of it or, or capacitors eventually. Um, yeah, the, that's a good question. AT Maker Bill says, are any pads broken out on the back? Uh, just programming pads. So you can, um, you can see here on the back, you've just got, uh, well, you got a reset, but I think these are for, uh, for your programmer if you want to flash the chip uh, directly. Uh, oh, C. Grover has a, has a nice tip. Let's try this out. He says, um, here, let's pull up Discord, and let me pull up Adam. Uh, there you see, he says, plug it in, import board and dir board to see if the pins are defined. Uh, oh, and Tabat, I think Tabat's right. The SWD and SWC can be used as pins. Okay, that's cool. Uh, yeah, let's see what happens. So let me grab... This trinky, and let me plug it into a little USB hub. I'm going to bring up uh, bring up Adam here. Okay, so I just unplugged. I got to unplug a few <laughs> a few circuit Python things so I get the right serial port. This will, be, this will be changing in, in uh, CircuitPython 7. Make it a little easier. Uh, let's see. So screen dev tty.usb. So this is, uh, ooh, it's not seeing it. Let's see. Huh. Why are you not working? That's interesting because it is actually doing its job. That hello trinky is, is me touching those cap touch pads. Uh, you know what? It might be because Moo is open. Let me close Moo down. Sometimes we have the battle of serial port uh, things grabbing serial ports. No. Reset the board. No. All right. Uh, let's see. What else could help us out here? Is it? I think this one's not an Arduino sketch. I think this one's CircuitPython, but you know what? Let me try another board. Yeah, okay, maybe you're right. Yeah, that one, that one didn't want to be connected to. Uh, so 
if we do import, oh, oh, ah, I had this one in plugged in still too. <laughs> I had like so many things, darn it. Okay, let's try this again. So many things plugged in. How about you? Sorry, I can't show you a camera of that, that view or we'll lose the other uh, window. No? Now, uh... <laughs> yeah, that one's... All right. Are any of these... I'm sure some of these are a CircuitPython sketch, I promise. Let me try to open the code pi on it just to see. Yeah, sure enough, this is not showing up. I wonder, is it my USB hub? I'm gonna get the hub out of this equation. Let's see if a, <laughs> oh my gosh, AT Maker's bill just showed, <laughs> speaking of too many boards, uh, yikes. All right, so let's see if I can get one of these to show up as a CircuitPy drive. There's one. There's another. Yes, okay. Think this will work. Good. And Trinky, okay. Uh, so let's see, import board. Uh, okay, so that's all that's broken out in the um, board definition. So you might try uh, putting the Trinket version of CircuitPython or the Gemma version of CircuitPython on, on that uh, Trinky if you wanna uh, attempt to use other other pins, but that could go horribly wrong. Or you could try to make your own board, which is uh, which is another way to go. So, all right. Well, thank you, thank you for putting up with that experiment. Uh, good to know. And uh, if uh, Todd, if you have info about using those other pins um, as something other than SWD SWC, that would be neat to put in the uh, in the chat there get creative with it. All right. Uh, so I think that's going to do it. Thank you everyone for stopping by to another episode of John Park's workshop. That's going to do it for this week. And I will see you again next week and uh, have a good one. Bye-bye.